and welcome back to the Game of Time podcast. As always, I'm your host, Nevi, and this week I'm joined by George. Say hello. Ahoy. And by Harrison. Say hello. Hello. Righty. Uh, this week we're going to talk about Kickstarter, and specifically the Kingdom Death Kickstarter that basically made lots more than it was intending on doing so. Uh, a little bit on Final Fantasy XV, and then George is going to talk us through why Flat Out is the best driving game in the history of driving games. It should be pretty fun. Um, let's start off with the Kickstarter thing, though. Uh, it's Yes, so there was a, a board game Kickstarter for a game called Kingdom of Death that wanted $100,000, is that right? And instead it got um, $6 million. Yeah, basically, well, that's the thing. It's not, it, this, is, this is actually the game's second Kickstarter. Right. So, yeah, so the game is called Kingdom Death, colon, monster, and then colon is in the punctuation, not a colon monster. <laughs> that would be an entirely different sort of game. Uh, perhaps, perhaps, perhaps an even worse monster. But yeah, so so it originally was on Kickstarter a while back and got huge funding. Uh, and it's this board game that it, I think they, I think it's described as a, a boutique board game because right. the actual, I mean the amount of stuff in the box is mind-boggling. I think it weighs something like seventeen pounds. Yeah, it looks. <laughs> Um, I've seen but the yeah, minis, so it's basically to, to, way back when the first Kickstarter came out. In order to get yourself a copy of uh, of the game, it, it would set you back about three hundred and fifty pounds. That is way expensive. too much. And I mean, I I I did not uh, uh, pay pay that, but I met someone who did and got to play the beginning of of the campaign because basically the game is this sort of RPG. Uh, where you you pick a survivor and you kind of wake up in this weird place and it's basically it's sort of i don't know it kind of from the vague descriptions you get given by this little sort of story manual it sounds a bit sort of like purgatory so you wake up and you have no memory of who you are and you wake yeah. up with the other people you're playing with um and basically you're in like a loincloth and there's nothing but sort of dim darkness around you and the floor is like weird stone faces okay uh basically you have to fight a series of monsters um and it's the games into two parts there's this um sort of miniatures game where you're on this uh grid board fighting the monster and then there's a settlement management game okay and so between so you basically it's a bit like monster hunter meets XCOM. right because when you That's described it at the beginning, it kind of reminded me like at the start of Dark Souls, where you just sort of don't know where you are. You've got not a lot. Yeah, literally, like really you get given your character sheet, and it's like you don't know your name. You have a small rock, and now there is a lion <laughs> with hands for paws attacking right. you, <laughs> and the game kind of throws you in. Was so it good? Bit... It's weird. Worst thing because it's very difficult and requires a huge amount of time, and so. The game sort of takes place over I think like these sort of time phases called lantern years. So basically yeah. twenty missions, and I got about f- six missions in. Mm. Uh, and like XCOM, you you don't have a single persistent character. You actually have like a once you get to the settlement, you kind yeah. of you, you do a roll, and then you find out the population of your settlement. Right. Okay. And so basically, every time you lose your character, the character that you're playing as, you can just re-roll a new one from the settlement 
Right, oh, I'm with you. And I'm sometimes you can, cool. a character can be injured or something like, for some reason, you can't bring them to a fight, so you literally just draw up a new character. And okay. so in that kind of XCOM way, you're always playing with different people and you want to like, have a couple leveled up because you can die quite easily because it's quite hard. Yeah, oh, it sounds interesting. Yeah, and last thing, I didn't get far enough into it to, I think, really appreciate the game because it's for this game that you get the box and it is huge and you open it up uh, and it ha- it comes with this complete set of miniatures but all on sprues that you have to put together. Yeah. And I mean, like, the, and the, cool. yeah, and the, the the monster, like their actual models for these monsters, are absolutely gorgeous. Like, yeah, yeah, they I mean, look even lovely. more, like even more detailed than some of the stuff the Games Workshop puts out. Mm. And absolutely yeah, massive really as well. Nice. They do um, look huge. Yeah, and so that's yeah, that that all gets put together. Do you um, think it's worth though three hundred fifty pounds? No, excessive. I don't know. That's like because I didn't get to. Because I never got to a point where I felt like I was getting to enjoy all the game systems. Yeah. Because you How start many games out... was that? Sorry. So that was about five, six games in. I think. I think. Right. F- yeah, five. That's quite a few games in. Yeah, because you you literally start out with a loincloth and a rock. Yeah. And so the the actual the combat of the game is really simple. It's mm. you have two actions. You can so you can move, move, or you can attack attack or attack and move right the like the complexity comes once you get upgrades and weapons that then have you know like card text which give you further abilities right okay it the reminds most... me a lot actually sorry george no, um, no, sorry. i was just gonna say yeah it reminds me a lot actually of um you know xcom 2 where you had the two action per turn movement and then as you got further in um, those different options of weapons and the gear you needed to actually use to capture the aliens or whatever got more difficult. Sounds very a bit similar to that. So yeah, that no, was it always is, good it, is, it is very like if it is very sort of XCOM esque in, in the way um, the way you move because you basically all the players take take their turns and then the monster takes its turn. But I think the, the most interesting thing is the way the monsters move and their health is tracked, and so every monster like has a, a deck of cards which essentially make up the AI. I was going to say is it one of those like 4v1 games no it's fully AI is it? So yeah no so there's no so it's not like Imperial Assault or Descent where you have to have someone controlling the monsters. Right. The monsters come with a deck of cards and basically you um, so say the, the, the monster will have like a deck of 12 cards mm. but it varies and each, on each of those cards is what the monster will do during its turn. That's interesting. But as um, and the way the he- you track the monster's health is when you damage it, you remove a card from the deck from the deck. Right. Okay. And so as it goes on, it becomes more and more wounded. You're then shuffle- cycling through a set of moves, and so you begin to like basically know exactly what it's going to do. Yeah. That's and it's really interesting. And it's, yeah, and it's really it is really interesting. And so you. And I think I only I only got to fight uh, two monsters. Basically, the lion, because basically when you go out when you set out on each new mission, you get you uh, you get to choose what you fight and yeah. how and how hard it is. Right. Okay. Uh, and one and the, the the guys I've been playing with had played had had a go before and got absolutely mm. destroyed. And so we spent a while just fighting the same the lion over and over again. 
on sort of the normal difficulty because we didn't want to get uh, completely Destroyed. wrecked, basically. Um, but then, yeah, about around mission five, all our characters just died, basically, <laughs> one, one by one. And like I think you don't you you can you can have characters that end up with serious injuries that are so debilitating they're not dead, but you just mm. don't you wouldn't bring them on a mission again. Right. Okay. And they're like and they're permanent and they can't heal from them. Uh, it sounds interesting. It sounds like an interesting game to like an interesting concept. Yeah. So is the, is the new one like a continuation or is it a well, sequel? Well, that's, that's 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 the crazy thing. So they recently they launched their Kickstarter recently and they wanted a hundred hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, for Kingdom Death Monster 1.5. Right. Okay. And so the main the main purchase of it is, I think it's fifty dollars, and you get the 1.5 update pack. Right. Okay. And so, um, and so it's yeah. Quick... So essentially, it's just an update for the board game. But right. they ended just up receiving. Question. They're currently on like six million dollars. Right. Just a quick question, George. Um. When you buy the fifty dollars with the one point five patch, do you need the original to actually play it, or is it a standalone uh, experience? Um, no, no, no. So you, so you have to have the like the core set to to actually okay. add it onto. So basically, it's yeah, sort of yeah. a paying fifty like... quid for, I guess, in video game terms, like a you know, like a a cha- like a an update patch. Like an expansion, yeah. or yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's a patch, and I think they are. It's salty, like it. The the one of the one of the what's it the, I think if you pay I think it was actually two hundred dollars but that didn't include shipping which I think is where the price kicks in uh, do, if yeah, you pay two hundred dollars then you get Kingdom Death Monster one point five which is the core game updated mm-hmm. with the update pack That's still a lot I know but I was, I was yeah there, no, I was yeah. just staggered because. Uh, the friend that I played with, he'd backed the original game, and it took him, I think, two years, possibly Whoa. longer, to actually receive the game. See, that's crazy. I can never imagine doing that. Yeah. I, and, I, sometimes I look yeah. at Kickstarter stuff and consider backing it, but I've never have done, and I don't think I could go well, they, two yeah, years they, they're, they're spent... promising to deliver this around 2020. Uh, it's mad. Still like a three-year wait or whatever, or two and a half yeah. years. It's like making long-term investments but rather than getting a monetary return you just you get a game <laughs> yeah it's really it's odd it's and that's the thing, I, like, I can't it's understand not, I mean, it you, you've invested the money but this game needs a huge time investment with a dedicated mm. group of players because you can't i mean my friend because it was at a it was at a board game group that i was playing with and he was lugging this game on the tube with him yeah. To our board game meetup, which are like, which was <laughs> like a Herculean task in itself, mm. because once you unpack the game, every, you have to keep the board the box level because everything is sort of in its slots. Oh, I see. And can't be wobbled around. Oh damn! <laughs> and so he somehow managed to carry it across London on public get transport sort of in the box, custom in life. like, yeah. but having to keep it level the whole time. Oh dear. Us. But yeah, no, it's a fascinating game because as, as you got through, you um, you got to read further on into kind of the, the story. And I would have liked to have liked to, I would, would have liked to have seen more of it because mm. I it was it, that's the thing. It felt the product you could see the production value, 
but yeah, the, yeah. the game that I got to experience felt far too simplistic compared to like a game like Imperial Assault, which is similar, played on a grid. Yeah. Move and actions. But That's there was a lot, was but doing. you get a lot more depth in Imperial Assault immediately. Mm. Whereas, Whereas this, is more this was basically staggered. because you had very simplistic equipment, mm. it was like the strategy was basically just running in, hitting it, and then trying to run away. There wasn't a huge amount of nuance. Right. I, I guess I guess the other thing though is if it's a kickstarted gen like a kickstarted game in general, it sort of won't have those advanced features until like later on in its life cycle or whatever, just because it doesn't have that uh AAA sort of funding, even though it is still making a lot of money, it still doesn't have that uh AAA status, I guess you'd call it. Yeah, I don't know, I guess that's the thing that like it's of all the board games I've seen, it's probably the best produced surely because like it, it, it's it's more like it's more a product in of itself like it's an object to own mm, as well yeah. as being a board game yeah because like, the mini is yeah. lovely and the whole like idea of it's kind of that it's so few people own the sort of thing it becomes a proper like collector's thing but what you said Harrison I don't think it it doesn't quite apply the same from board games to video games, a whole AAA thing, uh, okay. quite so much. Yeah. I don't think there's that as as much of a comparison because um, a lot of the things you get, like the visuals and stuff from a video game, the core mechanics of a board game, they they don't actually really cost anything to do because you can do them with with like paper tokens and then build upon that. Once you say you get a Kickstart like this, that's funding you massively, yeah. you can do whatever then with it. You've got all the money in the world basically just to tinker and make it as grand as possible once you've got like a prototype. But even if your prototype starts off by being really basic, you can build up from there. Yeah, I mean, in, it in doesn't have the same the, thing. The one thing that I've actually only ever funded on Kickstarter was was another board game that it, that cost me $2, including shipping. Yeah, that's good. And I, I saw it, I was like, well, you know, it's $2. And it, uh, I, ha- and I have yet to actually play it, but it's, it seems sort of interesting. It's literally, it arrived in a a regular envelope, in a little yeah. uh, plastic plastic baggie with just kind of these very thin cardstock components. I, did it have an option where you could get them to come in as as coasters? Uh, I vaguely I recall something so. that had a really cheap uh, version I, of it. I and think the... I think that I, w- I remember the the guy that made it. I remember going to his website and he'd done loads of similar Kickstarter board games right. for like two dollars. Maybe it's the same guy then, because like, yeah, I remember I seeing something that was like that's really cheap. Yeah, that's that's basically why I picked it up. And like the, I've yet to try the game, but I know it basically involves two. It's simulating basically a sort of space combat between two kind of naval space carriers yes sending, no i have seen yeah, that send, yes. sending fighters yeah. at each other kind of yeah down yeah this, it's like down this track one sort of like uh playing card size piece of thing and then some little tokens that you put on places yeah so that's that what it is isn't it yes i know that that's really interesting because yeah. it's if you guys ever backed anything kickstarter i've never I, I look every now and again and then i'm i'm always like i just wait and if it's actually good i'll buy it then yeah, I'm with Nevi. I mean, I haven't really supported anything either on Kickstarter. It's sort of one of those things where 
you put something up for an investment, but you're not quite sure whether it's going to pan out. So that always makes me a bit hesitant to actually put in, you know, my money on something that's may or may not work out in the end. So, yeah, and quite often I look at board game ones, and then the shipping is like almost as much as the actual backing, and I'm just thought, and I'm just like, <laughs> again, so. I don't know. I, one day I will. One day I'll see something that I'll go. That's amazing. I should definitely back that. But um, should fund indie more and more stuff like this. But yeah, I don't. Well, that's the thing. I think it's like I like how democratic Kickstarter is. In that, so the game that I got to have a go at, which was Lost Ember, I don't think would be my sort of game. But it did yeah. very well in its funding, and there's clearly a lot of people that want that sort of experience, and so and they can yeah. get it. That's what makes Kickstarter such an interesting platform, isn't it? It lets people who wouldn't just be able to find that audience that that are going to be able to fund them to make whatever it is they want to do. It's really nice for that. Because um, there's what... Because um, also, also Ukulele, the Banjo and Kazooie... Yes, the... Uh, chameleon, is it? Something? Yeah, the Chameleon. I mean, what I'm trying to think of the word, like the... I mean, it's, it's not a sequel. The spiritual success. spiritual successor. That's there the term. That's the the <laughs> phrase. Ridiculous. Yeah, like that got made because people really wanted another one. Yeah, yeah. Well, then Shenmue got a uh, massive Kickstarter, and I actually haven't heard of anything from that. That was what two, three years ago. I think it was a while back. Anyway, goodness knows what's going on with that development. That's what one of the things about it. I'm just like, you, you invest this money in it. For something that may not actually come to fruit, or when it does, it might be completely different from what you'd originally thought it might be. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think Kickstarter does need to put in some more checks and balances that will hold people to what they've produced. Yeah, like, there are like horror stories of people that, like Matt or oh, there was a board. It was a there was a card game that got funded, mm. uh, but it did too well. Right. And basically, the guy like basically the guy was inundated with orders, and had two oh, really and, yeah, and basically was too inundated with orders and had made too much money. Yeah. And really, and was really passionate about it. I think it, it was this Roman. I think it was a card game sort of Roman themed. Yeah. And you were playing different uh, sort of off like sort of officers in the empire, people mm. with different roles. Mm. I remember, but I remember the, reading the guy's story and like. Initially, he'd been, he would have been thrilled with the success, but then he had like because he was one man working out of his house. He oh, like right, he yeah. had to basically had to quit his job, pursue it full time to try and to try and cope, and then that's and, really yeah. hard. And uh, basically, be, he, it sort of buried him for a year and trying to trying to cope yeah, with his and so if you're building it like yeah, because if you like you're doing a lot of it like by hand and just off your own merit then that's really hard, rather than it being like sent to printers and stuff. Because I, I see quite a few board games on there from people who, they make it themselves, they like etch all the pieces and stuff, because a lot of them are wooden and they cut them out and things. So that must be really hard if they end up with like, it doing quite a lot more than they thought it was going to do, but not enough that they could then get it produced professionally elsewhere, or if that, that messes with how they think their craft should work and stuff, so... I hadn't thought of it from that side. That's really interesting, actually. Yeah, I mean, my other favorite thing about Kickstarter is just some of the truly like t- 
terrible things that keep people will propose on Kickstarter. <laughs> I think I found this. Oh a, yeah, there's some funny ideas. Like I think there's a Tumblr dedicated to the worst things on Kickstarter and other crowdfunding sites. <laughs> Uh, You'll like, have to find it and send me a link. There was one, like, there's a guy proposing, some American guy proposing his educational children's TV show about mm. a football team that are vegetables and it also <laughs> teaches Christian values. <laughs> I would watch a program about a football team that were vegetables. I'd uh, watch like, weird yeah. things. And then uh, there's, there's a board game one. And it's for this, like, really complicated board game. And you're watching the video, and I often think, this is how people who have no idea about board games must think, you know, like we sound when you talk about a, a complicated board game. Yeah. Because they've, they've developed, like, they developed this, in this, like, truly mad board game that they must <laughs> play at their, like, commu- their local community centre. And they're like yeah. showing people playing it in this place, and it, oh, it was it was crazy. And, they're talk- and basically, it was it was a bit like three sort of three D chess where it had mul- like a, a board with multiple levels, mm. and it seemed like they were trying to recreate Civ, right? In that you had like a ground level, and then one the next board up was the air, and then the highest board was sort of in space. That's pretty crazy, and. And they were playing it and explaining it, and they weren't, yeah, they weren't the most, they didn't have the best um, camera personality. <laughs> and it was, it, like a really bad camera. Yeah, it, it was, it was quite funny. The, um, but yeah, the, the best way to get a board game kickstarted at the moment just seems to be to have nice miniatures, and it'll just immediately be funded. Yeah. It seems to be literally, like, just funded off the merit of having pretty miniatures. Doesn't really matter what the well, game's like. Got half the time, as long as it's got nice looking miniatures, it's gonna be fine. Um, side, I think it was that was another Kickstarter one that I got to play just because I joined a board game group that had lots of people. I played that recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, that and they'd bought the the one of the guys at the group had had funded it and bought the all the extras. Yeah. Had the nicest resource counters. Oh, it does. It oh my god! Really I, nice I picked them up. I just spent the entire game stacking. Uh, metal ingots oh, that, were actual, really... that were actual metal ingots. Very nice, yeah. You're like, this is really nice. I would never buy this myself, but I'm glad you have. I was uh, so very happy. nice. <laughs> yeah, Just all like the little tiny... barrels and stuff. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was really, really good. What did you, what did you think of Scythe? Which, if you don't know, it's a sort of Euro game slash war game setting. Yeah, faux it's... steampunk Eastern Europe. Yeah, so it's like uh, you're trying to expand and sort of own territory, but also you can have battles with people. You're also collecting resources yeah. and stuff. It's kind of a multi-layered thing. And you win, yeah, I thought you it... win by accruing victory points, so you don't actually yeah. have to go to war. Yeah, I, I enjoyed parts of it. I didn't like the happiness system that meant that that was kind of the way that you won the game, basically. So it had this, like idea of having lots of ways to play and yet if you didn't have good happiness then you were going to do pretty badly yeah because it was if you 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 could attack other people's territory yeah if they had people's workers in that territory and you forced them to retreat yeah then your 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 population lost happiness because you were committing war crimes 
And then at the end of or the at game, least that's how I interpreted it. But I was yeah, playing pretty much. I was playing. I was playing the, the like the, the faction, who didn't lose happiness from doing that. Oh right, so I right. Just, I just spent the game, bombing around the board, attacking Being everyone because there was no penalty. <laughs> yeah, See, that, that sounds like good. a very George maneuver, though. <laughs> it was huge. The board is massive. Um, yeah. But it, like I said, I I enjoyed parts of it, but I think I've only played it once. So, but next time I'll yeah, I only got remember that you actually need to have happiness because at the end of the game, all your points that you get um, multiplied by depending on how much happiness you have. Ah, um, oh, so that's like the big factor that determines who wins. That, yeah, that so factor, you might be whatever. doing really well and be spread out all over the place, but you'll only get like two points per territory you own, whereas someone could have maybe four to six or something, but then get eight points per thing. So it, it, yeah. yeah. But then someone else could equally have, have, have the same amount I had to begin with, and then also be really high in the happiness track, but not have done other things. So. Happiness was way more important than I thought it was going to be. So, yeah. The pace um, of the game was very good because you, the way you play is you have a little board in front of you, and basically you move your tokens around the board, and they signify what actions you're taking. And you're trying, yeah, and, that's you're, nice. and you're trying to create this little like engine that will work. Yeah, and they're you. all they're all different between yeah. each uh, thing. So it's this sort of asynchronicity between things. So people rarely do have do the same two actions because yeah you move time, a cube so. onto an action but then because the cube is now on that action you've got to move it off like you've got to move it off the following turn yeah yeah but i found i don't know i like it made the game really fast but i often found that you're, you just spend ages staring at the board in front of you being like how do i solve this puzzle mm. and you just forget it's... that you're playing a game with four other people <laughs> and so you, I, you, know, I... I just found that i was only worried about myself yeah and I, I didn't really that. know what anyone else was doing. I just knew that I was making my engine and that I was running around the board kicking everyone else out of their territory. But I didn't know <laughs> like how that was affecting them. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it yeah, it was I enjoyed it. I think I'd play it again. I don't know if I'd recommend it though. It's yeah. one of yeah, the drops into that category. Um, yeah, I think with board games, I mean, um, I don't know if it's the same with you guys, but I find like if the pace is good, then it's a lot more enjoyable rather than just you know having really long turns where you're sort of not really doing much. I think that varies. There are some games that have like a constant quick pace that I enjoy, but there's also a lot like slower ones that I quite like that are you a bit more contemplating as to what you're going to do, or they're just more relaxed in a different way. I think it, I I enjoy both sort of things to be honest. Uh, I really like it when games find a way to keep players involved with other people's turns. Yeah. So, so non-solitary like ones. Yeah. So also, like when either what each person does matters enough that you need to pay attention, or you have some very minor way of interactivity during yeah. other people's turns, so that you're kind of everyone's kept in the game. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, anyway, we've sort of sure. rambled on a bit about Kickstarter and board games. Let's move on to a sef- another topic. Um, I have been playing Final Fantasy XV the past couple of days, and it's all right. I've, the jury is still out on whether I think it's a good game or not. Um, so I've done the first chapter. I'm about an hour or so into the second one. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, Final Fantasy XV is like the, the big, long-awaited Final Fantasy game that's been in development for like 10 years or something. 
So it's a, yeah, it's got a lot to live up to. And I thought the first chapter was really, really boring. And hopefully the rest of the game is not pretty much. You guys know anything about it that needs um, clarifying? No, not not really. Um, I know that it's not the actual, I know that it's not the 15th in the series that there are many more. What what actually, what? So ignore the fact that it's a Final Fantasy game. What's its true number? It's, it doesn't, that doesn't really matter. It's a, it's a game, the it's a standalone game yet. by itself. The, the numbers so and all that sort of stuff. Ignore that. Okay. It's an action uh, action RPG uh, set in a fantasy world that's kind of a cross between Americana and like swords and sorcery fantasy. Okay. Is it um, is it the first open world one? Because I saw a couple of clips of gameplay and no. I'd always thought, and I mean I know very little about the series, but from what I'd seen I'd always thought it was uh, what's it, sort of turn-based yeah it's the first sort of truly open world game okay. i'd yeah. say some of them a lot of them have like worlds some of them have like areas between yeah, and, like you explore big big avenues but this is the one that's like you can drive world, across yeah. an entire continent it's the one that's yeah i'd say it's the the truest open world okay. version i've played the other ones pretty like, much um... all of them so i'd say yeah the others that have like Sort of the end game is either a big open area that you can go and explore, but this is the first one that it seems like you can go. That the world sort of opens up in that sort of standard open world game sort of thing. Sorry, Harrison, you were going to say something. No, no. Um, the great, I, I was going to say the great thing about Final Fantasy, though, like with the numbers and stuff like that, is each game is a standalone experience to a certain extent, so you don't need that previous knowledge of the other you know 15th in the series for a new player you can pick it up from final fantasy 15 which i think is a really good good feature uh yeah yeah no absolutely it's um it's yeah even from other other iterations in the series it's like it's really different um there's not really all the previous ones there have been in some way turn-based like you've always sort of done an action had to wait a bit before you can do another one this one's a lot more it's not quite at the level of being like death may cry but it is sort of more like that sort of action game is it like where you do uh, combos and is it like dragon age or uh knights of the old republic where you kind of click an enemy and select what you want to do and then it happens in real no time? no it's a lot closer to being like um like death may cry so you you have you make the character you play as noctis he Basically, one of his abilities is he he throws his weapon and then he warps to it, which is very cool. Um, and then you do combos in a similar fashion. Okay. So you can blindside opponents. It's probably more similar. Um, it's not like it, but it's similar to like the um, Dragon Age Inquisition combat, where it's okay. it's an action system that has sort of RPG elements to it, where you do things like you cast magic and you can slow down the co- like pause the combat to use items and uh you do skills and stuff like that so we think of it a bit more like that except there's no like strategic layer there's always there's all that is pretty much always happening um i forgot what i was going to say about it now that was like back before i explained what the game was <laughs> um yeah so right i finished the opening act and it i found it just a bit bit dull like the 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 open areas didn't really have a lot in them that was of interest to 
see. Um, the the combat system taken me quite a while to get used to and actually understand the nuances of it. And I, I think it, in some regards, it's it's really good, but in other ways, it's going to totally alienate people who don't want to have to learn this quite complicated fighting system. Um, which to its benefit and to its to not its benefit, which is it's a bit hard. Um, what else can I say? The so far, I've not really got into the story a huge amount, but this, at the beginning of the second act, the, you go into a dungeon cave, which I found really, really good. I was, I was at the point after about five hours, I was a bit like, "Well, this is rubbish. We've waited ten years for this, and it's just not, it's just not good." Um, but it started to sort of kick into action a bit more, speed up, and like the pacing seems to be improving a bit more. So, I have hope for it yet. Anyway. Sorry, I probably interrupted slash ignored you by rambling to myself. What were you going to say, if anything? I was just going to say, if, um, like, with the pacing and stuff, if it's you're only up to the second act, uh, they might it might get better, like, as you get on, which is probably what you were saying just then. But... Yeah, no, it will. I'm sure it, 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 it can only really improve from the first one. It's only after the, like, fourth hour that it started to, like, become interesting before that it was very much like this is odd um this is really happening i don't really know what i'm doing i feel like it kind of assumes you've seen the film beforehand which i haven't um there's a film but there's a film there's a final fantasy 15 king's glaive which is like the prequel which shows you what happens before the start of the game okay which i feel like is useful to watch before you start it because then it probably puts the beginning act into context a bit more whereas otherwise you're a bit like i'm on a road trip to go see the lady my main character's gonna go marry okie dokie this then it's just like don't really know what the world is really who i am uh where where i am (laughs) or what's going on so that felt a bit odd one thing i will say that is amazing is that one of the your party members, he he has a camera with him all the time, and he's constantly taking photos of what's going on, like as you're doing stuff. And then once you level up his ability to take photos, his camera work ability, uh, it's very funny. Uh, he starts taking selfies, and it's amazing. I I've ne- do you just have immediately a thing for, for games that involve taking photos because well, I do kind 15, of. I... had fifteen Beyond Good and Evil. Yeah. Uh, f- Firewatch, uh, I kind of do. I, I, I really enjoyed it. It's really nice. It's just these really weird moments where you'll you'll go rest at, uh, uh, on top of a hill, set up camp, you'll look through your photos, half of them will just be like you were in a dungeon taking selfies. Wait, so is the, is the AI, it's the AI. The AI just does it. Yeah, yeah. So whenever you have a break, like your AI just brings up these photos. It's, it's brilliant. It's best feature it's got, I think, so far. It's so it was yeah, unexpected. It's really good. It's basically to sell Final Fantasy Fifteen at the moment. It's like if a boy band, an anime boy band, went on a road trip and they had a camera with them. It's they're like that. It's really it's kind of sweet at moments, but it's it's a bit it's a bit surreal sometimes. So I'm, and like I said, I still have concerns with bits of it, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes, and I'll feedback 
to you guys when I uh, have more of a solid opinion. Unless you've got any Is questions there, now. Uh, no, I've just just been having a look at look at some stuff about the game. That's that is a lot of leather and fingerless gloves. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like a, they are. They're basically an anime boy band. It's that's everywhere that I've been have gone anime boy band. <laughs> they've yeah, they've everywhere. got the hair of an anime boy band. Pardon, sorry. They've got the hairstyle of an anime boy band. Oh yeah, sure. they do. They do. No, yeah, just saying that every review I've read and everything I've seen on it, everyone seems to agree with that's what they are. It's, it's hilarious. Uh, if you've not got any questions, George, do you want to tell us about Flat Out? Um, yes. So I was playing playing this recently, and it's a game that I'd had on the PSP, or at least I'd had the 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 PSP version. So on the PC, it is Flat Out Ultimate Carnage, and on the PSP, it was Flat Out Head On, but it's the same game basically. Okay. Um. And so I had it on the and I had it on the PSP way back in the late noughties. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I picked it up like in a Steam sale, uh, so last year I think. And mm. it was well, it was right around the time that what's it Games for Windows Live finally did the decent thing uh, and fucked off and shut down. Mm. Yes. Um, that was a good day. That was. Yeah. So. I started off and initially it was all a bit dodgy and then it, games for Windows Live were removed from it. Uh, and I basically just discovered like forgotten how much I'd loved this racing game. And it's a it's a sort of crash derby racing game in a similar vein to uh, the Burnout series. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like, I mean, obviously the graphics aren't amazing but it like even playing it now it seems to hold up incredibly well for a game that came out in 2007 that's cool what makes it so special then it's, i'm intrigued i don't know just kind of just it's so much it's fun like i don't really like many driving games like i like i enjoy the burnout series and i enjoyed this and that's about it yeah um i don't know and there's something about the well, it's, it's not really. I mean, it's it's not realistic. I'm sure I would have, I would offend many car enthusiasts if I said it was realistic. But it feel the, I think the the physics is slightly looser. So whereas in 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 Burnout the cars felt heavy. Yeah. Like you were. It was that kind of um, arcade machine racer where obviously like you you could you would smash into stuff and stuff would go crazy and then everything would flip around Explode. when you did the mm. destruction modes whereas everything feels slightly lighter in this and so like yeah. you can you'll you'll be going around a corner and then you'll clip a bump and the car will flip roll and you'll smash into the pack of like the pack of cars ahead of you yeah and it's just the, and like it's just a, it's it's the, it kind of almost makes for a sillier game yeah, because like it does. I'm always it, up for a silly game, and it has the and so like you'll you'll crash and it will just eject your the driver through the through the windscreen, <laughs> right? And uh, but they, and the best thing they I don't know I don't know which came first, but either they were like it'd be quite funny if when you crashed you ejected your driver through the windscreen, uh, but they they've made that into <laughs> yeah, an entire they... game mode. Well, actually, not just an entire game mode, an entire section of the game right. revolves around mini games in which you have to eject you have to drive drive the car crash and hurl the the drive the poor like stuff person <laughs> out of the car uh into something so there's one 
and they take and it, this is yeah in the mini game section they take like you do these mini games in these giant arenas with rocket cars and so there's one where you have to you drive down a ramp crash into the barrier at the bottom and then the, the driver is thrown through the windshield and you have to steer them uh, yeah. and in front of you there is a giant wall of like 70 feet tall playing cards and you get three shots and you I know you get five shots and you have to make the best possible poker hand right <laughs> and so, like you're, so you basically just have to hit the cards with the driver and there's another one where there's a whole load of basketball hoops and you've got to try and score the most points by dunking the driver that's hilarious. Or that's, you, you crash him, fun. and you've got to steer his. You want to steer him through a series of like flaming hoops. <laughs> and back and back on the PSP, you it had a pass and play mode. Yeah. And so I'd spent hours like at school just playing these stupid mini games, just put, like passing plays around with my friends. Yeah, that sounds great. And but that's the thing, I like. But there's just so. Much, and then there's a whole load of single race and sort of like sort of challenge modes because there's, yeah. there's, the, there's the campaign mode where you you just pick a driver and you kind of do the standard racing car game of start with a rust bucket and make money and buy something slightly shinier and then there's yeah. the challenge mode and then there's the the stuntman mode and then there's just kind of free create your own race free mode. Your own, yeah. cool it and, sounds interesting yeah and there's just i think there's just so it much to really do good. in the game but also it just has the most perfect kind of slightly cheesy metal soundtrack yeah that i didn't realize how much i knew until i put like i got, got into a race and then the music started playing and suddenly i was like i know the words know all to the this, words. and i did not realize <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> these, like obscure like c-list cheesy metal bands and it's, 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 a, it's a brilliant game awesome awesome um, I think that's about all the time we've got today, actually, guys. Because uh, I know you've got to go, Harrison, in a couple of minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, recommend flat out. Then it sounds great. Yeah, I would. I would say for me, there is abs- there is no better driving experience. You cannot have. You can. There is. You can, I mean, Burnout Three, excellent, but mm. just uh, flat out. Just right, pipped I'll, I'll by have flat to out. Look into that. That just sounds brilliant. Yeah, and it's, um, and it's should, uh, yeah on it's stupidly cheap now and has no longer has games Windows Live. <laughs> you should awesome. record some of those funny moments, George. Oh, I'll have to try. I don't know. I need to. I need to get some video capture software. Yeah, <laughs> be great. Future project. Right. Anyway, guys, uh, let's sign off. Uh, thank you for listening to the Game of Time podcast. If you found this. Without the website attached, you can find us at gamertime.co.uk or follow us on Twitter at gamertimeuk. You can follow me personally at Nevada HM, and you guys are. Uh, I'm at Scruffy Looking. Uh, oh, sorry, at underscore Scruffy Looking. Someone beat cool. me to the non underscore version. <laughs> and Harrison, have you got a Twitter yet? Or are you still? Is it in progress? No, it's a. Uh, it's one of my things I have to do. Actually, uh, been a bit busy recently, but definitely I'll get it in the next podcast. Uh, you can find me just on the Game of Time website, uh, just under Harrison Ware there. Yeah, cool. I, I normally try and link to everyone in the uh, description. So super. Uh, cool. um, thanks for listening. And I was just thinking, if anybody wants to send us any questions. 
Send us it on, on, on Twitter and we might answer some of them on the podcast. Weird to think that people know. actually listen to this. Yeah, it is. I assume people listen well, to this. <laughs> I have no evidence of people listening to this. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. See ya.